So my idea is to talk to you. <laughs> I got a couple notes on my phone. My idea was to talk to you on community, and I still feel a yes on it because there's this connection between outpouring and community. And um, I just want to share. We'll see how many of these thoughts I get through. I'm going to shoot them at you pretty quick this morning. And let's just see where we get. Community. Let's talk about what this idea is. When we when we when we launched and we we I can't talk, guys. Like, <laughs> thanks Jesus, thanks Jesus for making me powerful, <laughs> so I can speak. <laughs> thanks, thank you, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. I feel a, I feel a, 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 a calibrating of our vision this morning. Um, I, I don't know if any of you shoot guns, but um, I like guns. And um, there's, if the scope gets off, how many of you know, you can be looking through the scope and the targets are dead on, but you don't hit anything. Yeah. So often we think our, we're looking through our scope and we see our targets are dead on, but we're missing it because sometimes you have to recalibrate the scope. And as we can come in week after week to a church service and we can have our targets set on things, but sometimes life, how many of you know, with a, let's just because we're on the example of it, if you've got a gun and somebody drops it or somebody jolts it or somebody hits it hard, it's going to knock that scope out and it needs to be calibrated again. Life happens, things happen. We get, how many know we get dropped, we get hit? <laughs> things happen. And although it looks like often we come and we say, my eyes are set on you, sometimes I think it's great for us to come back and say, but is there any chance that things got bumped? And I want to talk to you really from a corporate perspective this morning about the house because there's four things that we've really focused our eyes on that we want to set our, our target on or our, our, our sights on. And I, I heard someone say one time, um, I remember hearing someone talk about a hunter that was a very well-known hunter and said, when you go hunt these big hunts in Africa, how do you practice? He said, I just take the guns that I want to use. I go to the shooting range a lot before I go on my trip, and I shoot. He said, there's no way to, there's no way to practice dis- distractions. You just focus on targets. He said, you can't, you can't practice what distractions will come through. And so often I think we get so focused on the distractions opposed to the targets. And that's where our prayer life can get really, really weighty is when we get focused on all the distractions opposed to what's the target again. And it, it, it wears me out. I, I love how Bill Johnson says it. He says, I don't shoot the devil unless he gets in my way. What's that mean? I don't focus on the devil. I don't chase the devil. He's not worthy of my time. I, he's not worthy of my face. Only one is worthy of my face, and that's the Father. He doesn't get to see me like that. And so, what's, so uh, there's, there's, there's a few different things that we've focused on. I just want to throw a couple of them out there. One of them is, is, is the presence. It's what you feel right now. It's, the, it's, it's praise. It's worship. It's that place of when we come into that sacrificial connection with the Lord. Another one, though, is, is community, and we're going to get into that. What does that actually look like? Another one's Generosity. And there's these, these things that have, I don't have time to go through all of them because I just don't have the time, but I believe they've gotten us where we're at. But I believe for us to go forward, we have to stay focused on them. 
And God will expand our, our, our influence. God will expand our connections, and we're going to have greater influence. But the thing is, is that we have to keep what he's given us right in front of us. And one of them is community. But I really want to go about it just a little differently because community is kind of like the, the pop cool word in church is like, come be a part of the community. But what does that really mean? Right? What does is, what is it really happens in community? So often that's just a cool way to get people to volunteer. And we need that. We need, we need good works too. The same scripture that says sacrifice of praise and sacrifice of fellowship also talks about doing good works. So we don't want to create a culture out of good works and performance, but we can't advance the kingdom without it. So what does it look like? Community, let me just throw this out there. I don't believe that community is transformational until it becomes sacrificial. I don't believe that community becomes transformational until it enters into the place of being sacrificial. Um, it's a little bit like giving praise. There is a praise that's a response to the goodness of the Lord when he moves. That's easy. God heals you. That's an easy time to praise. Praise you, Jesus, I got healed. You've been prayed for 30 times and you're still not healed. It's different praising him then, isn't it? See, that became the realm of sacrifice. It's easy to praise in response. It's tough to praise in advance. It's easy to do community with your best friend on the free night of the week. <laughs> Come on, can we like make it real this morning? It's easy to get together with like that best friend that you just have the greatest time in the world with on the free night of the week. But it's a little bit different sometimes when you have to change your schedule to get together with them. All right. I had this a few nights ago. As the Lord's been, I don't share things that he's not doing in my life. I don't believe in that. I won't share because then I don't believe I have an authority to talk about it. And I don't want to minister without authority, or we all waste our time. And so this is something for me that the Lord's been showing me, and there was even a, a few nights back, I've been praying on this and chewing on this, and some friends invited us over, and uh, my night was packed. Packed. And I was like, I need to go. I'm like, I know it in my spirit. I need to do this. Anyone know what I'm talking about? But your schedule says no, but your spirit says yes. And come on. Any moms and dads in here know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you got all these things going on, and your, your, your schedule says no. Your spirit says yes. And it's at that point, it's at that point in those situations that you go into the realm of sacrifice. Why? You gave something else up to experience that. And, and so I believe that when we talk about this topic, it has to be a cultural thing. Can't be based on um, just events and all these things. I believe if we're going to build a strong tribe of people, our hearts have to be connected. I preached on a similar topic a few a couple months ago on covenant community, and I, I'm going to try to just real quickly go through though. What does community do? What does it do for you? What happens when you live in community? What happens when you live in member? I said sacrificial community. That time where you say, ah, oh, man, it's so hard for me to do this, but I'm going to do it because I need to. What happens in that? I heard a quote one time from Henry Ford that said, coming together is the beginning. Keeping together is progress. 
Working together is success. Coming together is the beginning. What you're doing right here is the beginning of community. It is not the max of community. If this is your community experience, you don't know it, but you're starving. <laughs> Honestly, many of you just don't know it. Um, I, I, sometimes we don't know what we're missing until we experience more. And coming together is the beginning of community. It's great. It's a great place to start. And let me, let me go ahead and bring this together. When I'm talking about community together, I'm talking about it in the context of the people in this house. Because I believe you can have all these other communities, too, that are important. Nothing wrong with those. I have other communities beyond this church, believe it or not. <laughs> I make it a priority as a pastor to have friends that don't go to my church. It's good for me. But I'm talking this morning in the context of the house, of the people, of the tribe, because our hearts, if we're going to go together, we have to be connected. If we're going to get where we're going to get, we have to have a value for each other. And that's huge. And so that's what I'm talking about. And I believe that coming together is the beginning. I believe that keeping together is progress. But when we can begin to, in unity, in community, begin to advance the kingdom and staying together, we're doing something amazing. And so I'm going to read a few different pieces of what happens in community. And the first one's going to be in John chapter 17, verse 20. And are you ready? <laughs> Can I just jump right in? This is a, a scripture most of us know. It says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also that those will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the, gl the glory that you gave me. Hello, that's a good scripture right there. And they, that they may be one as we are one. Are you catching a theme here? I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know. Everybody say, then the world will know that you sent me and have loved me have loved them even as you have loved me. Stop right there. I want you to see something that's really powerful. Jesus is praying this prayer. He's praying it for, this is a cool prayer because he's praying it for himself. Notice he's talking about himself. He's talking about his disciples and he's talking about all of us, all in one prayer. That's called an apostolic prayer. And he's praying and he's ministering in this interesting context where he's praying for himself, the disciples, and us. And his prayer was this. I pray that people would know you through how they interact together. If the world's only chance of knowing Jesus is by how they see the church interact together, or how are we doing? Let's have a word of prayer. And, and, and I think it's a powerful thing to understand. He said, he, he said that the proof, this actually says right here, what it's saying is that the proof of the cross was in how we interact together. It didn't say, it didn't say, Lord, I pray that they would know you by signs, wonders, and miracles. Those are important. It didn't say that, Lord, I pray that they would know you, that people would know you when they meet them because they know all these different scriptures. That's important. He said, I pray that they would know you by how they interact together. That would be the thing that points to you. Yes. This is, is Jesus' way of doing evangelism. Lord, may they act in a way that when people see them, they say, I know he's real. Why? I see how they act together. 
Maybe, maybe changing cities and changing cultures and communities and nations is easier than you think. Maybe it's just doing life like he said together. And people look at it and say, he's so real. Because I don't see anyone outside of him doing that. You see him, they actually disagree and they're still cool. Sometimes disagreeing with someone is good. Doesn't always feel good. And every introvert in the room just went, and all the extroverts are like, yeah. trying to find disagreements not so good (laughs) but sometimes disagreements is good why because it tests your connection i know with my wife i know our connection because i know what we can get through and we're good sometimes sometimes it's good to have an area that you don't agree on because you say i can test our connection some people that's the hardest thing for them they can feel that in the room and they come in and lighten it up and let's calm down no i can feel the strength of our community we're okay we're okay. Jesus said that the proof of the cross was in community. How we are unified together actually is the proof of what he has done. Bible says that the Holy Spirit was poured out in community. Acts chapter 1 verse 4 says on occasion while he was eating with them he gave them this command do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift of my father the promised which you have heard me speak about for John baptized us with water but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit then they gathered around him and asked him Lord are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel and he said to them it is not for you to know the times or the dates that the father has set by his own authority but you will receive power When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and to the ends of the earth. Flipping over to chapter 2, verse 1. That was him telling what's coming. Here's where things get fun. Chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Everybody say, all together. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house while they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be like tongues of fire that separated and came and rested on each of them. I can't wait to watch this replay in heaven. This is going to be one of the good ones. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So what's happened here? The Holy Spirit, they were together together. I want you to catch this. There's, this was when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church. This is a big moment. Yeah. It's a big moment. We saw throughout the word of God, there were instances in the old covenant where he would allow the spirit to come upon someone for a purpose, but it didn't come in them and reside in them like this moment. This was the moment that everything changed. I want you to understand this because you could read your Bible and say, well, the Holy Spirit was on them. Yes, there would be times when the Holy Spirit would come upon an individual to accomplish something they needed to do and then it would lift off. But Jesus said in the first chapter, he said, there's coming a time where the Holy Spirit's coming and he ain't leaving. (laughs) I, I I had the funnest little Bible lesson with my kids. We were at the beach and we have a dear friend that lives in Myrtle Beach named Trisha Frost and, and she's, um, she's kind of like another grandparent to my kids and we went to her home and um, my, my little girl Addie is kind of 
uh, how do I say it nicely? She's clingy. <laughs> and sometimes she doesn't want mommy and daddy to leave. Like my other two are like, see ya, have a good night. But Addie's like, I don't know if I want you to leave. And I remember last time we were at the beach, I sat down with Addie. I said, Addie, I said, it is better for you <laughs> for me to leave and for you get to be with Nana Trisha. <laughs> Why? I'm like, because she has all the goodies. <laughs> And she does whatever you want. She's like, and I'm like, oh, this is a moment. Holy Spirit. Here we go. I'm like, this is like when the Holy Spirit and Jesus said, it's better that I leave. Why? Because someone amazing is going to come rest and be in you and stay with you. And this was that moment that they had been waiting for. He said, don't leave. Hang out. He's coming. And they're in there praying. What's the, what's, where am I getting at this? You need to notice something. This was the first time that the Holy Spirit was poured out in this way. What do you look at? They were together. Together. They didn't pray together and they went home and he came to all different places. He did it while they were together. Why? He was making a point. You need to be together. You need each other. You need each other. The Holy Spirit was poured out in the context of community. If we flip over to verse same uh, verse forty, and it said, "With many others' words, he warned them and pleaded with them." Save is that right? Yes. Okay. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about three thousand were added to their number that day. <laughs> That's a pretty good start. It's a pretty good start. I love it. They didn't even know what they were doing, guys. They did not go to ministry school. Their ministry school was just watching Jesus, which probably looks a lot different than most of our ministry schools. They just watched him because they knew that he did everything that the father did. So if they did what he did, they were doing everything that they were supposed to do. So they watched him. And then the Holy Spirit came and they went and they preached their first message. Bam, 3,000 added. And what to say after that? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now, I could get on another day. We'll talk about the other pieces, but today we're talking about fellowship, breaking bread together. See, bread is good. <laughs> Jesus. There's so many passages. I just don't have time to go through them all this morning, but something else that happens, there's strength in community. There's strength in community. This is really important. It says in in Proverbs chapter 13, um, verse 20, walk with the wise, become wise. For companion, a fool, suffer harm. Walk with the wise, become wise. You know what the problem becomes when you um, pull yourself awake from community? You become your own counsel. The only counsel in your life is you when you're not in community. And that's not good. There's strength in that place. Proverbs. He's saying, listen, guys, just be with the wise and become wise. I often preach, and I do, all, I do what I do every Sunday and talk to people, and so often, like, I feel so unqualified. But then I just realize, I'm like, what a great place to be. What a great place to be. I've just made it my, my, my goal. Like, I just want to hang around people that are wise. I just want to hang around people that just, they know what they're doing. 
They've been there. Why? Because there's strength in that. There's strength in that. I just want to be around the generals and the people that when I sit with them, I can feel when they, I love it when I get in the room with someone, you know what I'm talking about, that's like a general in the faith. I can feel when they walk in the room. The atmosphere shifts. I was in a conference not too long ago, and um, I got invited to lead worship you know, three, four years ago. And again, it was in Myrtle Beach for a 25-year reunion for this ministry. And I've never met um, the Arnots that were part of the Toronto outpouring. And um, interesting how these things always happen to me because I've never met them. I've never been to, uh, to Toronto outpouring. And I'm up here by my keyboard, and I, I just I feel just a, like a love of the Father next to me. And this, he's a big dude, John Arnott. Like big old hand, man. It's like a big soft, like, yeah, it's like a catcher's mitt. He's like, he's like, he's like, hi, I'm John. I'm like, hi, I'm John. It's <laughs> an awkward first line, you know? I'm like, hi, me too. Cool. And, and so, but I remember, I remember when he got up there and he began to minister. He wasn't going in there trying to, you know, there were other guys that were doing the whoo, ha, he, ha. They were doing that stuff. John was just like... <laughs> Duncan was one of them and his wife she just like snap her fingers and people would shoot like poof and and he just came he began to minister how many of you know that often authority doesn't have to be loud and he just began to minister and people began to just whoa feel that I want to be around that and you have that even in this community you have that. If God's planted you here, there is strength in community. The reality is, is it doesn't matter how much you love the Lord. It doesn't matter how much he talks to you. It doesn't matter how prophetic you are. It doesn't matter how strong your words of wisdom and your discernment is. You can't do what he's called you to do by yourself. You can't. The best you on the best day is still inadequate to do what he's called you to do. You have to have community. You have to have the people. You have to have the relationships that when you think you've, you're like, you're, the Lord's given you this peace. And I remember that was one of the first things that happened with um, Pastor David. We were in my office and I had been writing all these thoughts on a whiteboard. That's how I work. I'm... And he came in, he's like, what's that? And I just said, I feel like there is a model. There is something here for what God wants to do with this foundations class, with the baptism of Jesus. And, the, and, and, and like, he was like, oh, I see that. And I'm like, yeah, that's good. Community started to work together. I could have said, whoa, 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 that's mine. You, buddy, I'm taking my stuff. That's my whiteboard. <laughs> Get your own whiteboard. And he did. He got <laughs> But I, I said, yeah, that's so good. He's like, yeah. And then we did this and this. And then we started pulling in pieces. And then what do you have? You have a phenomenal foundations class. What's the point? It was sitting there a while with me looking at a whiteboard. Saying, I've got this piece, but what's the rest of it? And community started coming together. And so many of you, your life, if you could see it, you are looking at the whiteboard with pieces. And you're like, why is it not changing? Because you can't get there without other people. You can't get there without other people. That's how he does it. The vision that Tiffany and I and the leaders of this church that we carry in our hearts for this church. Here's a big news, right? We can't do it without you. We can't get there. We can't accomplish what God has called us to do. 
Jesus, there's strength in community. Here's another one. There's covering in community. I know that often we've heard the word covering and it's been used manipulatively for control and I completely understand how some of that has happened, but I'm talking about in a good context. There's a, there's a covering in community. The Bible says in Proverbs that in a multitude of counselors there is safety. That's Proverbs 11. In a multitude of counselors, there's safety. Decisions that are made on your own are dangerous. I've been trying to rack my brain to remember the last time that I went out with someone and they said, you know, I, I, I talk with my wife and I talk with my pastor and I talk with my friends and we pray and I talk with these people and we made a decision and oh, it was a terrible decision. I don't ever remember someone saying that to me. I've been doing ministry for a really long time, and I don't know that I've ever met anyone that took counsel from multitudes and then said, what a terrible decision. Now, if I, I, I could almost weekly tell you of people that I meet with that said, you know, I guess I just didn't talk to anyone else. And I'm like, dude, that was a terrible decision. They're like, I know. Now, that happens all the time. But I don't meet a lot of people that are like, I did this and talked to this person, talked to this person. They're like, man, I wish I would have not talked to anyone. <laughs> Why? Because there's wisdom in community. There is covering that happens in community. There is breakthroughs that happen in community. can't tell you how many times I've been at home, how many times I've been in a worship service, whatever it might be, and I am stuck in a certain area of my life. I'll give you a real life example. This one's for free. I was an area of my life that I was really leaning into. I haven't even told you this yet. And I was really just feeling stuck somewhere. And in the, I mean, in the middle of the worship service last week, you leaned over to me, David, and said something, and it was exactly what I needed to hear. Exactly. You couldn't have said it more accurately. You couldn't have. I, could, I didn't get that on my own. I was feeling stuck in this area. And he just leaned over and said, bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> I'm not telling you all my details. <laughs> And it wasn't this big moment where we hugged and cried. It was nothing like that. I just was like, because oh. why? Because there's breakthrough in community. There's strength in community. There's things where you're stuck. And someone's like, you know, I just felt this word for you. I love it when they're like, I don't know if it means anything. And they say it, and you're like, yes, it means everything. <laughs> like, I've been needing that word. And they just say it. And I could bring it the other side for the person speaking it when God gives you a word for somebody. Say it. It's okay. You're like, well, what if it's not God? What if it is? You don't have to go to them and say it in King James Version and be like, thus says the Lord God of hosts of Israel, of the armies of heaven. The, you don't have to do it. Is, all right. It is okay to say, I just feel like the Lord is saying this. I'm going to just put this before you, and you feel if you feel a confirmation for it. Just one thing. If it's not edification, it's not good. 
<laughs> you're like, well, I don't know about that. Well, that's what your Bible says about prophecy, is that it's supposed to be for the edification of others. So if you know, sometimes edification can come a little hard, but it's okay. But we need that strength in communities. You still with me? I'm trying to move quickly. There is safety in communities. Uh, that really ties into what we've talked about already. God speaks to us through community. Can I just tell you something? God will never bypass community. This is really important because if we could get everything we needed outside of community, we'd have no value for it. And there are certain things that he's not going to bypass community and give it to you on your own. And if you're anything like me, he'll often put it in a little area of community that even can be a little challenging for you to receive it. That, that person that you think annoys you, but then they come up to you and says, I just got this word, and you know they're right. <laughs> okay, maybe you're not like me. You know, uh, that person that like talks way too close in your face, you're like, whoa, you know, you know, they're like right in your face and they're speaking really loud and you're like, and they're, but they say something that's exactly what you needed. And then you're facing that moment, uh-oh, what do I do? Because I do believe you need to honor the person that carries the word. The Bible says that those that honor the spirit of the prophet get the prophet's reward. What about the person that's carrying the word? Don't you need to honor them? He won't bypass community. He loves you too much. And he knows the only way that the cross can be shown to the world is how you interact. So you have to be together. He speaks to us in community. Ministry is birthed in community. The callings of God on your life are birthed in community. I've been to so many. I used to be a youth pastor for about 15 years, and I went to so many youth conferences, and some of them, I look back and see how unhealthy some of the ways people ministered because they would say stuff. I kind of get what they were trying to say, like, though none go with me, you know, I'll do it. But it almost fed this independence, like, I don't need anyone else. I'm going to do it. And it created a bunch of teens that were like, I don't care if anyone else likes it or not. I'm going to do it. Yeah. As my wife just so clearly said from the front row, they can be jerks. <laughs> I was trying to say it nicely, okay? And they, and, they begin to, and they begin to get this idea. I don't, and it's not just teenagers. I meet people that come in and they're ready to go for it and they're ready for this and that. I'm, here's all that I've done for the Lord. And it's like, I'm ready to take the mic and go for it. And I'm like, okay, great. Like, who sent you? Like, like, like who's, who's your people? Like, who are you? Did you just do this at another church last week down the road? Like, who are you? You see, ministry that's birthed in community is powerful. When people can say, when someone can listen from a pastor's perspective and someone comes in and I could call your last church and they can say, they were a jewel. They were good people. I get things happen sometimes and it's not always your fault. I know those stories too, but there is something that happens when we're birthed from a place of community. There's an authority that you're sent out authority is being sent 
when you just go you don't carry that you got real quiet on that one guys the apostle Paul didn't just simply go and preach the gospel he was sent anyone can go but people that decide to operate and make the sacrifice to live in community get to be sent. So what stops us from community? I've, I've kind of just thrown all these different things at you, but what stops us from community? Doing, doing real community together is really like, <laughs> I've heard it said that it's 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration <laughs> it takes effort it takes patience it takes here's a big one it takes humility oh Jesus I meet people sometimes and it's like well this is just what I believe I am not moving on what I believe I'm like man nobody gonna hang out with you <laughs> There are times that I know I'm right, and you know you're right. But at that time, there are times also that I have to choose right now. How am I going to handle this? Am I going to keep a connection, or am I just going to blast them? Because sometimes truth in the wrong season doesn't go into good soil. And if I'm going to drop truth on somebody, I need to make sure it's the right soil and that comes in the right season. You don't, as farmers, just go plant seeds in every season of the year. Certain seeds have to go in the ground during certain seasons or they won't take. But we often take the mindset in church that if I just give it to them no matter what, they're good. Sometimes their hearts aren't ready. And you have to, you have to be in that place where you say, you know, I, I'm often feeling people out like, are they, are they going to receive this? Is this right? Is this not right? And I don't always get it right. I can tell when I say it and they weren't ready. I'm like, oh, missed that one. <laughs> but I try my hardest to wait until it's the right time and I can feel it. And I'm like, oh. And the Holy Spirit will open those moments. And you're like, oh, there it is. There it is. He is that good. But it's not about just throwing out truth bombs. <laughs> it's about... And bombs hurt people. <laughs> it's about when can I plant this seed in that soil? There's some people that come in, man, I can tell they have been in a completely different background of church than what we're, where we are right now. I'm not going to come at them with like, you know, a water hose of everything that you believe that's different than me. What am I going to do? I am going to find the areas that I say, I, yeah, me too. That is so good. I'm going to connect. But here's the thing. It takes humility sometimes to keep your mouth closed. It does. Sometimes I want to say stuff, and the Lord's like, no. I'm like, yes. <laughs> there, was a, there was someone one week, and, and that was, uh, uh, oh, they're just over the top during a service, and I could tell it was like not all God. And I was just <laughs> I was getting frustrated. 
And I was going to say something. And the Lord told me, he said, this is what he told me. He said, you have every right to say that. But if you do, it will cost you. <laughs> that person turned out to be just a jewel. And I would have probably run them off I'd said it. Humility is a key ingredient for true community. Being flexible doesn't mean changing your beliefs. Because I can hear it now from some of the justice people. I'm not going to change what I believe for them. I didn't tell you to change what you believe. I said, just be nice. <laughs> just be nice. Be kind. What are those, like the fruit of the Spirit? <laughs> Let's wrap this up. Community isn't always easy. In community, you are going to face your issues. You're going to face things like pride, insecurities. You're going to get around people, and it will make everything just... It does. And let me tell you, this is not just church members, if you want to call that. This is leaders. I know some powerful leaders that I can get around that I can feel insecurities. It's, it's part of growing in Christ. It will make things come out because there is an aspect of the kingdom that only happens when you're together. When I am by myself, this stuff's not a problem. When I get around a group of people, I feel it. So what happens? You don't want to get around the group of people because you feel better alone. But you've become comfortable in your dysfunction, opposed to wanting to be alive in your community. And people become comfortable. They don't know it. They don't mean to. But they don't. But it makes me uncomfortable. I meet people who are like, I just, I get into crowds. I'm like, God, oh, I'm like, dude, like, breathe <laughs> breathe it's okay here's a crazy thought you can be quiet in community some people feel so challenged like I have to talk I don't know how to talk I don't know no. it's okay let's create a community where like it says in the scriptures the lonely are placed in families Amen. I don't know many who doesn't want to be in a family Let me say it this way. Only those that have been a part of a dysfunctional family don't want to be a part of a family. But when you taste what it's like, it changes things. And there's three things. There's three ways of thinking that will challenge you with, with whether you're going to be in this aspect of community. The first one is, it's basically this. Community is either optional, wanted, or needed. That's how we think. It's either optional, wanted, or needed. Some people just feel like it's optional. It's a great idea. I'm too busy. Some people are like, I really, I, I want to do it. But man, this doesn't, doesn't happen. And then there are a group of people that say, you understand, this is all pointless if I'm not in community. Like this, this team, whoa, what an amazing worship team you have. But all of this, if I'm not in community, 
it's not going to tap into what the fullness of what God has for me. And I get some of you are quiet. Some of you are like, I don't know how to kick off a conversation. That's okay. That's okay. Let's just, let me, let me challenge you to do something. This is crazy. This is going to blow your mind. It's called being honest. What if you were just to be honest with people and say, I just want to let you know, I, I, I struggle to kick off a conversation, but I'd really like to be in community. What would they, so many people are scared to say that. Just be honest. Just say, hey, hey, I, I'm not the biggest talker, but I love our time together. See, now we're getting into powerful people. I've got, I've got a friend that's, um, <laughs> he's one of the most awkward guys in the world. He doesn't go here so I can talk about him more freely. And uh, he knows it too. <laughs> His name's Eric Gregson. And he was a part of a rock and roll band and a really big known band. Some of the younger adults might know the, the Sleeping Giants. They're like a hard rock screamo band. Like, ah. But the stuff they're singing is phenomenal. It's all like scripture. And like they would have concerts, underground concerts in places where no Christian bands were allowed. And they were screaming out these lyrics. But because no one really knows what they're saying, no one would stop them. Because it's like, all you hear is... And what they're really saying is like, Christ is Lord. He loves you. But no one knows what they're saying. So they can go anywhere. And they're like... This sounds like AJ in prayer sometimes. You know, and it was like that night at the prayer meeting. His screamo band came out. And they'll go in these places and they're doing all this stuff. And they were in this one place one time and a kid came in there and he's like, I, I want to talk to the guys in this band. And so they went back there and they're talking to him. And, and he's like, dude, you don't know what happened. You guys were like singing. And like, I saw like this being come down on the stage. And like all of a sudden my arm, which is broken, stopped hurting. And he's like, my arm, I couldn't do any of this. What happened? Getting completely healed in rock and roll concerts. Completely healed. But the guy that leads was the league guitar player is the one of the most awkward people you'll ever meet he's quiet he doesn't he's just you'd have to meet him he knows he's awkward he owns it this is not disrespectful <laughs> we're buddies and I remember I remember like uh, the first time I met him and I've told the story sometimes I was in a small group and we were having this young apostolic emerging leader it was like the longest name ever luncheon and I remember I was looking at him and he was really kind of scary looking because he's got like there was no room on his body left for tattoos but above his chin. Like, the dude was, like, and he was just, like, just had this blank stare. I'm like, this guy's weird. And so, like, we're having lunch, and we're leaving, and I was already a little anxious about some things, and we're leaving the building, and, I, and I'm, I'm walking out, and I hear the door fling open behind me, and I look back, and it's him, and he's coming after me. And I'm like, I'm walking faster, and I'm walking faster, and he's walking faster, and he starts jogging. I'm like, he's, he's going to get me. He's going to get me. We're in California at this point. Nothing is, you know what I'm saying? And, and he grabs me by the shoulder, and he, like, spins me around, and he's like, and he says to me, he says, man, I just love your heart. I'm like immediately like, oh man, I am such a jerk. I'm like, like this guy was trying to grab me to tell me he loves me. And then we met and we talked and we honestly, through the rest of the event, we spent time together. But he's one of those guys, remember he right up front told me, he's like, listen, he's like, I know my face looks angry. He's like, I know I'm quiet and I know I'm awkward. He's like, but I love being around you. You know what just happened? It dissolved everything. Yeah. 
Some people are so scared to even say that. I want to challenge you to face the things that are stopping you from being in community. Don't be afraid. Some of it may change as you get through areas of healing in your life. I've had friends that think they're introverts and they get healed and they're actually not. I'm serious because we like to rely on that introvert thing a lot of times for areas that aren't healthy. But that's another day, another sermon. But what I'm saying is this. Don't be afraid to be honest. We want to create a safe place. And if you have a hard time joining in, just tell them, listen, this is new for me. I've never been in a church like this. Quite frankly, it kind of freaks me out. But I don't think Stephen's in here, but I'll end on this. I, I was going to share it. I think he had to go. Stephen Langston is a gentleman in the house that came a year or so ago. And uh, he was invited by a friend of mine, and he came in the first service he came to. He thought we were crazy. But he came back, and he came up to me, told me, he said, I thought you guys were crazy, to be honest with you. He said, but I felt something I've never felt before. And he said, I, I could not come back. Wasn't it Peter that said, where else would I go? That open honesty with me and him immediately was like, I see who you are, and I'm cool with that. Being vulnerable is this biggest step you can be into becoming a powerful person that lives in community and you say what if people take advantage of me they probably will everywhere somebody will but you can be powerful enough that it won't take you down you can stand back and say oh you got a problem that's not me sorry about that let's stand up thanks for I, I tried to get through that quickly I know it took a little time but this is a really important for us to get this I want to welcome the prayer team up, and I'm going to just pray here in a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Just put some worship on if you don't mind. Thank you, Father. I just, I want to say just that we just are so honored that I look around this room and how many people are in this church that you're here on a Sunday morning, and we are honored to have you. Like, we are honored to have you in this house. And we, if, if this is where God's calling you to be, we need you as much as you need us. Amen. We need the grace on your life. And I realize that this is like, some people, it's so easy for you. Some people, it's a challenge. But I just want to pray over your heart right now that the Lord would just surround you and he would give you strength. And he would give you the drive that you need. A few nights ago when I was invited over to some of my good friend's house, I had so much to do that I had to cancel to give up two hours. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you need this. I'm speaking to those of you in this room that you need this. You may not know it, but you do need this. And I pray that we would, I believe that he will bring transformation to your life and to this house when we step from the place of convenient community to sacrificial community. It's okay to even start inconvenient, but work your way into being a place of sacrifice. I pray courage over you. Some of you that have been brokenhearted, people have hurt you. Things have happened. You've been in communities before and you've been hurt. I'm sorry for that. But he is a healer. And I often find the thing that hurt you is also the thing that will heal you. 
And sometimes if it happened in community, there's a healing power of being in a healthy community. Many people have been hurt by finances, but they began to give and things turned around. Don't let it scare you off from all God has for you. I bless you. I bless some of you with perseverance. Maybe you're feeling weary. You've tried and you're not feeling like you're getting anywhere. I bless you with perseverance to keep pushing forward. Sometimes the soil is a little bit hard and you got to till it. But keep going. Keep going.